0: This is Mongaza Cancer Initiative. We are a non-profit organization focused on breast and cervical cancer education screening and uh, providing financial support to women from low income and insured backgrounds that need to be screened. We're currently registered and operate in Kericho County. And we are actively recruiting volunteers. So feel free to join us if you're interested volunteers, we're recruiting volunteers from all over the country. So feel free to join as an associate member or an ambassador or a member. So today's session is focused on breast. Oh, the mic is too low.
1: Your mic is too low. I have it in full. Okay, let me troubleshoot here.
0: Is it still too low? Maybe I need to speak closer. Can you hear me well? Anything?
2: You're still too low, you're still too low. Or still maybe too- it's on my end, I don't know.
0: Guys, can you hear me well? If you can hear me well, text in the chat. Have you checked the vo- your volume, Branham?
2: Yeah, I'm OK. My volume is OK, though.
0: OK. Uh, Lewis, how is it on your end? Oh, Aida said the same thing. Okay, I will stop talking. Um, and then Lewis can get, carry on since I, people can't really hear me. So, again, this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So, we are going to focus on breast cancer and we'll highlight a few key features of breast cancer and what you need to know. So, please, Lewis. Aida and Branham, the floor is yours. Good morning, everyone. My name is Aida. I am the moderator of this meeting today and Lewis Karathi and Joma Lema will present the. will do the presentation. I will welcome Lewis to do the presentation. Questions will be asked at the end of the meeting. Lewis, welcome.
1: Trying to share. I shared, can you see? Yes, okay.
3: thank you so much. Okay, so my name is Lewis. Karathir and uh, I want us to do a a short presentation on breast cancer so I'll try to make it as simple as possible for uh, for us to all understand what we mean so let's go to the first slide Joy so this this is uh, an introduction so the breast is a is an organ we're all aware of now and uh, it's composed to smooth muscles fats glands lobules and ducts and so these are all important when we talk about breast cancer because it cancer comes from the cells in each of these so we discuss maybe the types of cancer and maybe where they come from. So breasts are more prominent in females because of the hormones of, uh, during puberty. There's the common, the common hormone which affects the breast is estrogen and progesterone, but you also have others like follicle hormone, luteinizing hormone, prolactin, oxytocin, which come during lactation, and also human placental lactogen. So those are hormones that affect the breast. So when you, ca- when you talk about common pathologies of the breasts, we'll have things like nostalgia, which is just breast pain. We have nipple discharge, because of benign disorders like fibroadenomas, which usually are usually the commonest, and they usually just appear as breast lumps. So most of the ladies will feel a lump when they're bathing, and or oh, when they're applying oils, and they will notice there's a small lump. And so the common thing with fibroadenomas is that a third of them will disappear on their own, a third of them will just remain the same in size, and another third of them might increase in size, but those are not just exist because they are benign, and so they just removed, and they're usually okay. You also have other things like breast cysts, mastitis, breast abscesses, and uh, others like galactosilts which is just a collection of milk in the, in the ducts. You can also have gynecomastia, which is common in females, males, which is caused by other pathologies. Common pathologies affecting males causing gynecomastia would be like liver diseases or, or like seahorses, obesity, or drugs like tichoxin, isoniazoid, and uh, antidepressants. Other pathologies you might find maybe ductal lactasia or gigantoma, gigantomastia which is just another a big name for breast hypertrophy. So those are the common pathologies and the ones I've mentioned. Most of them are, they're just benign. But now we'll be talking about breast cancer, which is what we are interested in tonight. So breast cancer, by definition, cancer is abnormal and or unregulated cell growth in the breast. And so when you talk about breast cancer, we are saying it's abnormal or unregulated cell growth in the breast. And we say unregulated because cancerous cells don't follow the normal cell growth. Like cells are supposed to be, Very well controlled, so at certain time through a process, these these rules of normal cells, and that's when that's why we end up with cancer. So the type of cancer in the breasts will depend with the cell affected. So you can have something like ductal carcinoma, which will come from the ducts. You can have lobular carcinomas, which will come from the lobules. And then we also we can also have fibroid tumors. Those are not in the slide, Joe, you don't, don't have to keep moving, those ones are not in the slides. You can also have something like phylloidus tumors, which we develop from part of the breast, because the breasts have connective shields. So we'll have, we have. can also have phylloidus tumors, You can also have Paget disease, which will come from the nipple and surrounding skin. You also have angiocarcinomas, which will come from soft tissues, blood vessels, and lymphatics. And you also have one which is usually so aggressive called inflammatory breast cancer. And uh, it's which is usually very aggressive and very commonly misdiagnosed as just an infection. Uh,
1: so. Coming from different cell lines
3: can help appreciate the differences that affect the breast. So when you talk about breast cancer, are, let's go to let's look at the epidemiology of it a bit so you can move to the next slide. So when you come to epidemiology, we find that one in eight diagnoses of cancer are usually the breasts. So you find it's a very common cancer, which is ranked second in the US and also second in Kenya. The first being CS, avics, which we'll handle sometime later. So, it is a very common cancer and affects so many, it's affecting so many ladies. Sometimes they are diagnosed as just benign breast lesions, and then they turn out to be malignant. So, it is good to be able to appreciate what is actually happening with us. And now, let's look at the risk factors for breast cancer. So, when we, when we talk about risk factors, we like classifying them as modifiable and unmodifiable. Modifiable means you can do something about it, unmodifiable meaning you can't do nothing about it. So, when you say about modifiable, uh, we talk, we are talking most of the time, most of the people affected are nulliparous women. That means women who have never bared a child and women who have never breastfed. Also, being, uh, getting pregnant above the age of thirty, obesity is also a risk factor when it comes to postmenopausal women. Uh
1: the field is supposed to be high, but diet. So high facts, which estrogen is the commonest is the common is the.
3: it comes to breast cancer, so when it's even when you talk about nulliparity and women who have not breastfed and women who have not gotten expectant or the use of contraceptives, it's all about the exposure to estrogen. So when you get expectant, you get another hormone which increases, which is called progesterone, and which counteracts the effects of estrogen on the breast. So that's why nulliparity is kind. exposure to estrogen with which it is not
1: counteracted by anything
3: you kind of and that counteracts they counteract each other so the other thing that comes with narrow is your breasts reaches full maturity when you are pregnant and when you are lactating that's when your breast gets to full maturity before then the Tissues in the in your breast have are very prone to what we call carcinogenic effects. So that's how these things link up. So in your nariparas, or you have ali, ali menaki and. get out to this hormone estrogen and puts you at risk of your breast. Other, others include cigarette smoking. Yeah, we talked about contraceptive effects like because of the hormone estrogen and radiation exposure. So these are things you can do something about, but then you can also look at things you can't do nothing about. Now, these will include being, being a female. Of course, females are more at risk of breast cancer, but that doesn't say that men are not at risk of breast cancer. Mine are also at risk of breast cancer. The other is age, about 55 years. We also have other non-modifiable like genetics. The common being... ...of BRCA1 and BRCA2 has history of breast cancer. especially when you've had cancer,
1: cancer on one
3: breast and maybe inhibitors treat risk of getting cancer. And for those who follow celebrities, I think you've seen some celebrities who have decided to get mastectomies because me-
1: your families. I've already said about
3: immunology. So you get you are at high risk or you are at more exposure to estrogen effects which puts you at risk of breast cancer. So now having talked about the risk factors there are there are things that don't put you at risk of breast cancer but you might hear them from your friends like abortions abortions although I'm not condoning abortions I'm just saying they don't put you at risk of breast cancer. Others include stress, stress does not put you at risk of breast cancer, use of underarm deodorants don't put you at risk of breast cancer, wearing underwear bras also don't, and silicone breast implants also don't put you at risk of breast cancer. So, having talked about the risk factors and the various types of cancers, how do they present? So, the commonest presentation is usually just a breast lump and which is what most ladies will notice. The other one that they might notice is some discharge coming from the nipple. So they might notice some bloody nipple discharge. If it's just clear or milk, it's not so much of a big deal, but you can consult with the OBS guy, especially if you're not in the lactating phase. But if you're in the lactating phase, of course you'll expect some whitest discharge. But when you find bloody nipple discharge, then that might be a cause of alarm the other one you might notice is a change in breast shape and size the changes in breast skin and then it starts dimpling uh you might notice a newly inverted nipple And the reason you say a newly inverted nipple is because some ladies before they get children they have inverted nipples and now after they get children that's when the nipple become antiverted but when you notice then maybe you had your nipples were okay you are not invited and then now suddenly you have changes in the breast size and shape and you have a newly invited nipple. you should consult to the ops gang. The other one you might feel is uh, an axillary lump. You just feel like you have a small lump at the axilla. The axilla is, uh, how do you say it? Uh, it's, under, it's the underarm part. So you feel that you have a small node there and it's good to consult with your abs gain. Whether it's, and then you can confirm whether it's malignant or just benign, whether it's cancerous or non-cancerous. The other one you might have is breast ulcerations and you start getting wounds on your skin. And the reason uh, you should check with the abs gain is because when, as I mentioned about... Inflammatory breast cancer, which is usually very commonly misdiagnosed be, be as an as an infection, and uh, it because it doesn't really manifest as the common breast cancer where you have a lump or a node. But it just appears on the skin first. And it appears like some small, some small pimples. So most people might just say maybe it's an allergic reaction to maybe something you wore. maybe you have changed your Brazier and you're reacting, your skin is reacting to it. But you should check it out, you should have it checked out by an guy. So breast ulceration should just go get. Checked for it. So, if you notice any of these breast lamps, changes in breast size and shape, uh, people, blood, an auxiliary mm-hmm. lamp or breast alteration. Mm-hmm. So, the next slide just shows, just, uh, just emphasizes on what I was saying. And then now we can go to How do we actually diagnose breast cancer? So the very first one is your self-breast examination. And self-breast examinations are encouraged. Oh, I'll talk about that later. So we have self-breast examination, clinical breast examination, and diagnostic techniques, which should be done after the clinical breast examination. So the self-breast examination, we encourage everyone to start by the age of 20 years, and the frequency is once a month a week after you've gotten your your menses a week after the menses and the reason we say that is because during your cycle sometimes you get some small lumps which disappear so it's it's encouraging you, to, you do it to yourself once a month you examine your breasts and uh one week after your monthly period so how do we actually examine our breasts? How do you do a self breast examination? And uh, that's why uh, in the next slide, I have a simple way of that should help us know how to examine.
1: Please move to the next slide. Please move to the next
3: slide if you can't hear me. Thank you. So we start examining ourselves. The first one is always the inspection. So you stand in front of a mirror without doing anything, just stand in front of a mirror and you observe your breasts, have they changed in size? Do they look normal in appearance? Do they look normal in size, shape and color? And by this, you need to appreciate the normal, your normal self. You need to know how, what is my normal, How? what is my normal appearance of my brother? What is a normal size, what is a normal shape? And what is a normal color? And so you need to know what's your normal. And so when you stand in front of a mirror with your hands down, you should be able to notice whether there are any changes. So you do that, You observe. you observe and inspect with your hands down, and then with your hands raised over your head, and then you repeat the same with your hands, a kimball that is on with your hands the hips. And then now with one hand over your head, you try and pinch the nipple and observe. And then the next one now after inspection is what we call palpation. So when you talk about palpation, you will be dividing your breast into Quadrants means into four. So you'll have four quadrants and you'll be raising your hand up and you'll start feeling each quadrant with your palm, with the palm of your hand, with your, with the, if you're inspecting your, if you're palpating for your right breast, you lift your right hand over your head. I think it's very clear in the illustration, shown. So you really lift your hand up, then using your other hand, you feel for every quadrant. And you go any lamp you and you feel any pose. And you repeat this also to your contralateral breast. So you do this for both breasts. Standing or seated, you can do that standing or seated. And you can also do that when you are lying down. So you need to move from one quadrant to the next, to the next, and to the fourth one, so you can do it systematically so you don't forget or you don't just do it haphazardly.
1: Nation sure, Joe will
3: share with you this when you come to the clinic, and when you go to the clinic now. Clinical breast examinations, we do encourage every woman to go at every six months. So that is twice in a year. Just go to your doctor or your guy for a breast examination. And still, still advised one week after your menses. And then now after we have found if, that is if and after we find a breast lump, then the other techniques we can use to find out more what is happening. And these will be, you can either be laboratory tests or they can be radiologic tests. So when you talk about laboratory tests, they do include, they can include taking some of your blood for to go test for what you call tumor markers. We uh, can also do fine needle aspirations where you put a needle and take some of the fluid inside. And then we go and report it for what you call cytology. You can also take a biopsy. It can either be a co-biopsy or an exitional biopsy. Co-biopsies is where we ask you to come with a needle and we just take a small sample of the, of the small mass of the lump and then we send it for histopathological assessment. Exitional biopsy is where we take out the, whole, the lump itself and also, with margins, you ha- we always have to take the lamp with a margin, so that we don't, so that we make sure that we capture the whole mass and also the skin, the area affected. So you can do a core biopsy where you go take a small sample and take it for a pathological uh, assessment, or we can do excisional biopsy where we take out the whole lesion plus part of the normal, normal surrounding, and then we also take it for the pathological assessment. The other one we also do is receptor status. And the reason we do this is so that we know after or if we find that maybe it's cancerous, is it something that responds to hormones and this will include estrogen and progesterone and also what we call H 2 so how to actually How two is human epidermal growth factor receptor 2. so we also have to find out
2: <laughs>
3: with the treatment we'll more it's funny to do we need to do that also so if you know that it's going to give you drugs to take down your hormones or we are we are going to give we are going to just consider you for chemotherapy or maybe toilet mastectomy the other radiological tests the common ones include rest ultrasound and mammograms better sounds are advised for ladies below that five years and mammograms are usually commonly done for women above that like five years, and that is in Kenya. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the United States. So those are the ones that will commonly be done if there's a breast lump: an ultrasound and a mammogram, and then you can also have chest X-rays and a CT scan, also. So this will help us be able to visualize what is happening. In the breasts, so that as so that we are able to plan for the treatment of of whatever it is. So, when it comes to the treatment, and maybe the diagnosis, we have gone, you've done the, uh, you have taken for the pathological assessment of the cytology, and maybe it's confirmed a patient has breast cancer. Then we need to go to the immediate phase of treatment. How do we treat the patient? How do we treat you now? So the treatment is always determined by the state of the disease. If it's still within the breast, then prognosis is very, very good. That's why you say prognosis is best for stage one and stage two when it's still within the breast. So in all stages, breast cancer can always be treated. And surgery is always a main treatment option. And with it we can always consider doing new adjuvant, radio chemotherapy to help reduce the size of the tumor and also reduce the blood, the blood flow to the breast so that we are able so that the, the tumor shrinks and the blood vessel shrinks so that we have so that it's an easy time when it goes to excision. So you can have, chemotherapy and radiotherapy before surgery. And you can also have it after the surgery so that we decrease the risk for cancer recurrence. But unfortunately for stage three and stage four, the only thing you can be offered is palliative care. So we do need to catch the cases of breast cancer as early as possible. So it's good not to ignore If you feel a breast lump as high as possible and it's not going away, it's good to follow up with the obscene. Yeah, it's also good not to ignore what you feel. If you feel there's something wrong, it's good to take care of yourselves. So get up, do your your self assessment once a month and also get get a clinician or a doctor to do a, a clinical breast exam every six months. So the treatment involves mastectomy. that is for surgery, it'll involve mastectomy and the common is right now, modified breast mastectomy. I know some of you just go Googling to see what I mean by that, which is okay. So surgery so is a main treatment option, which is both for male and for female, because you also said male, male or men can also get breast cancer. So the main treatment option is surgery, but you can also get drugs. We, we talked about hormone receptors. So if we find that you do have hormone receptors for estrogen, progesterone and H2, you can get drugs to help reduce these effects of the effects of these hormones, which you reduce the growth of uh, how fast the cancer is growing so with that i think i'm done it was i know it was a short presentation but i hope you got the main points to the presentation so if you've been with us there's a last slide i put there each one which one make sure you share with someone and tell them to learn when to we are ready to have that I think I'll give it back to our moderator
0: Lewis thank you for the wonderful presentation uh, before we move the session any questions
2: now, before we go to questions I'd like to I'd like to answer a few things Maybe they'll miss, or maybe just to clarify. Uh, so there's some features of advanced disease. There's a few of advanced disease, like uh, chronic cough, that will mean there's metastasis to the lungs. Then they will be usually something like weight loss uh, associated with easy fatigability. So the patient will be like, they're weak. Okay. Then sometimes you can have something like upper limb swelling, that means uh, the lymph nodes that drain, the drain the same hand are blocked. That means they, the cancer is spreading backwards, going back to block the lymph nodes. Yeah, at the axilla and everywhere. Yeah. So then there could also be a back pain. That means uh, the cancer spread is going back to the bones, to the vertebral bones. Then you can have viewing of the eyes, which means uh, the cancer is also spread and going to the liver. That is usually by spread blood, by blood. Uh, the other thing is uh, breast cancer is usually uncommon in women at less than 30 years. But again, these things don't read books, especially with the current trend of lifestyle and whatever, they don't read books. So it's uncommon among women below 30. It's common between thirty-five to forty-five, and even more common in uh, women above, above fifty years. So when we're doing the self-breast exam, the most common place where you might find your breast cancer is the upper outer quadrant. This is the place uh, nearest to your arm. Let me let me say that nearest to your arm from. how will I put it the the area between your shoulder the joint the area between you, the shoulder the joint and the arm that area yeah that is the most commonest place followed by at the nipple area then these other places can be ten percent each so at the outer upper outer upper outer quadrant uh, carries more than fifty percent then the nipple area will carry uh, approximately twenty percent then the other rest the the the, the other places will carry ten percent each so for those who have come with advanced disease, like the chronic cough, uh, weight loss, the upper limb swelling, the back pain, the hearing of the eyes, that means you'll only do palliative care or maybe supportive care. So they'll be hydrated. So you give fluids. Uh, they will be the weakness that we say that will be due to low blood. So give some blood products. They might be in pain. Some people, different variations, people might have pain, others may not have pain. So when they're in pain, you give some painkillers. Those who are in stage one and two, as Levi said, uh, there are surgical moderations you can do, uh, breast conserving surgery. Uh, there also where you do total mastectomy, you remove the whole breast, yeah? There's where, where you can do subtotal. There's where you can do subtotal. That means if a woman has some big breasts, yeah, you remove the only area where there's the breast. There's the malignancy. You, then you switch to the other place. Yeah, yeah, then there's a radical mastectomy. This one is absolute as of now because uh, it was a very invasive procedure. You remove the breast plus the Bones plus it was a very, very invasive procedure. Uh, then, usually, after the surgery, the patient will have to take to be taken for radiotherapy for two weeks. Uh, it, again, it's after you've come to the clinic or hospital, you've been seen, and then it's been decided. But normally, after the surgery, you may go for radiotherapy or chemotherapy. And chemotherapy is usually six cycles in a month uh, with some cytotoxic drugs, yeah? not drugs that you might want to take on a regular day. Yeah. So the prevention majorly, is uh, do yourself breast exam, then have an annual evaluation annually. So that, that means once a year you visit hospital, you visit a guy, you visit a doctor, you visit a surgeon, they do the breast exam for you. Then uh, another thing is be cautious, be cautious of your breast. Yeah, some lump there, some nipple discharge, some uh, anything, anything that's not common, uh, that's not usual in a breast. You should have a high index of suspicion and visit a hospital. Yeah, so those are the remarks I wanted to make. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you for the addition. After this, is there any question?
2: Now, uh, Joy has asked, Joy has asked uh, explanation between benign and malignant breast cancer. Now, this is a lot I'll have to say. Uh, we can say a cancer is like a tumor. Okay, so a tumor or a cancer is an abnormal growth of cells. Maybe maybe we might have to dive into biochemistry, but then I'll confuse many of you. So it's it's an abnormal growth of cells. Yeah, you see, on a on a normal person or or a normal cell, there's usually mechanisms to control its growth. So there's a there's a there's a there's a signal for cell growth. Then there's a signal for cell death. Yeah. So for cancers, they majorly don't appreciate this idea. They just grow haphazardly. They don't uh, follow the growth and death pattern. Yeah. They almost immortal. They just grow. Yeah. Uh, so for malignant cancers, for malignant they spread even faster now they grow they spread even faster they are aggressive yeah unlike for benign they are usually located a, in an area yes they grow but they're located in an area they are beautiful in that when you remove them when you excise them the chances of recurring in the same place is usually low unlike the malignant ones where they spread one minute you have it in your uh, breast, the next minute is in your lungs, the next minute is in your uh, back, the next minute is in your lungs, okay? And like the fibroadenoma, adenoma is a benign lesion. It's just a lump inside the be- breast, something like that. So the malignant one will spread to other places. Than, yeah? and Yeah, unlike the benign one, which just localizes in the breast. I, I, I've just tried to make it simpler not to complicate things. I don't know whether it's clear.
0: Well, any other question? Please feel free to ask questions. Any question?
2: Now, not a question, but an add-on. Okay. An add-on. There's a recent study that shows that uh, cancer usually follow patterns of inflammation. So if you happen to have been hit by, let's say, uh, uh, you have been hit by well, like, well, like, what, let's say, a club on your breast, okay? You've been hit by a club on your breast or you fell and it is your breast that hit the ground first, okay? You are more likely to have cancer at that place where there was the impact, yeah? The point of contact, the point where there is inflammation. Yeah, there's a new study that suggests such a thing that cancer will also follow patterns of inflammation. So you might be having all the normal uh a normal life, no nothing, no history of cancer in your family or anything. But then, someone hits a, hits you with a stone, and it it feels on your on your breast. Then you develop breast cancer at exactly the same same point where you are hit by a stone. So that's also something that you may want to consider or to add on in the causes of breast cancer.
0: Uh, Malama, please explain the question in the chat. There's a question in
2: the chat. Okay. Uh, Jay has asked, please also explain the link between oral contraceptives and breast cancer. Now, uh, oral contraceptives are usually hormones, let me put it that way. They're hormones, so there are usually two hormones. There's one estrogen, it is the female hormone. Then there's a progesterone, it's also a female hormone, but that one causes muscle relaxation and all the other stories. But the estrogen is usually for, is usually for, how do I put it. It's what, it? It is what makes women, women. It is the hormone that makes women, women. Without it, uh, maybe we we'll might be looking alike. We'll be more men than women in the in the society. So estrogen, it is the estrogen factor that contributes to uh, breast cancer. Just like other cancers that follow patterns of uh, they, they, they they follow they are attracted to such a certain hormone, breast cancer also uh, thrives well in where there's too much estrogen hormone. So it's not only oral contraceptives, but uh, a person who is obese. A person who is obese, there's usually aromatization of the fats to produce estrogen. So the way Lewis had said, people who are obese are at risk of breast cancer. Then it explains, because it is the estrogen produced from the aromatization of the fats. It is the fats which are being broken down to produce the hormone estrogen that will trigger the formation of the breast cancer. Uh, I'm not sure whether that's adequate enough, Joy.
3: Uh, I see Joy also wants me to mention something. I'll still say Peter's mother said. So you talked when you talked about risk factors. The same way we are saying about taking contraceptives, which are synthetic hormones. The same way we saw we talked about having early key and late menopause. Which will put you at greater risk or more exposure to these increased hormones because when you have an early menaki, means you've started your reproductive age, so you're producing estrogen, your estrogen hormones, which makes you more of a woman, as my, name, my said. And also, late menopause means you're still being exposed to high amounts of these hormones, which reduce in amount when it comes to menopause. That's why, even having what we call hormone replacement therapies in menopausal postmenopausal women also puts them at risk called breast cancer because now you're so being exposed to the, these hormones so it's all about usually uh it's it's about hormones it's the same way we say see a prostate in men is usually because of testosterone hormone. So it comes also to women where you say, now a breast is because of exposure, is because of increased exposure to estrogen. So it's all about exposure to estrogen, which is being. It's the highest culprit, it's our main culprit. Yes, Joy. I hope I've <laughs> covered that well.
1: Any other question?
0: Since there's no question, I will hand the meeting over back to Joy.
1: Now I can I
2: consider as ask another question? Uh, it's a it's a very good question. Apparently, uh, prevention. Like I say, prevention uh, to prevent. What do you eat to prevent breast cancer? So one thing is uh, most of the food in the urban areas is processed and uh, not healthy. That's what I'll say. What we think it's healthy is not healthy. Yeah. So the urban food, the urban food that we eat on a daily basis, that makes us fat. Yeah. Could be the main culprit here. So if we can avoid the urban food, the chips. Uh, what, what 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 else? The chips. The processed things. The chips. The the plenty of sodas we take. The sugars. Yeah. Everything that makes us fat. Yeah. So if we can avoid everything that makes us fat and go to organic things, the foods that uh, the foods that our parents back at home, my grandparents were eating. Yeah. That could be the best, maybe the, my best advice I could give. Because the exposure to the current food, then we get the increase in the number of cancer cases. Not breast cancer specifically, but all the cancer cases will automatically rise. Okay,
3: I can also add to my lemons. We talked about high fiber diet. High fiber diet will, I know most of the time you'll hear it when it comes to everything like constipation and so on, but high fiber diet also helps reduce the amount of estrogen. So it will. help us also reduce that risk of this and also talked about cigarette smoking cigarette is usually carcinogenic so we reduce that or stop or see smoking it should also help us reduce the risk of breast cancer
2: to add on that alcohol alcohol intake yeah so the moment you take alcohol then you're destroying your liver and then your liver will make you fat, then the same-same liver will aromatize the fat to make estrogen, so again, alcohol intake. If you can cut off from the alcohol intake, that would be a beautiful thing. Uh, just as Ginata is asking, is the newly introduced GMO foods carcinogenic? Now, this is a more political, than medical, uh, the newly GMO food introduced carcinogenic. If if I could answer this question, uh, most of these first world countries are using more GMO than organic food. And if you can do a survey on the general population of these countries, uh, most of the population there are either fat or obese. Okay, which brings us to the same same point we've been talking about. The obesity will predispose you to very very many things. So, in my opinion, my personal opinion, the GMO food is not the right way. Okay, this is more political apparently. It it could mean more cancer cases in the near future, or it could mean uh, hunger satisfaction the following day. So. It's more political than medical. But then again, GMO for if you can look for at, at, the, at the data and statistics that we have from the first world countries, it's not a it's not the best way to do it. It's not the good way. Because again, those first world countries have more cancer cases than what we have now. And the new the new and numbers in cancer cases in Kenya or Africa is because you're trying to copy, you're trying to emulate what the pastoral countries are doing by eating the fast foods and everything. So it could generally mean, yes, the carcinogenic, but again, I don't have to get into that. I don't have to get into that. So what is aromatization? Aromatization is conversion. It's like conversion. So a person is obese, uh, a person is obese. It means he'll have more fats. Yeah, fat in the now. A person is obese will have fat in the following areas: one, in the anterior abdomen. Okay, the port belly, the anterior abdomen. Then for women, it's common that you'll find their arm. Yes, their arm is usually big. Then again, for women, you'll, have, you'll find that. Oh, also for men find that they have big buttocks, then you'll also find that some of the fats will be stored in the breast. So for men, you'll find the gynecomastia, yes? For women, it will just be a big breast with a lot of fats in it. So for aromatization means the fat, yes? The fat is taken up by the liver. It is converted into a hormone. It is a complex process. First, the fat is taken up by the liver, converted into testosterone. Then the testosterone is then converted into estrogen. So it is a fat molecule being converted into a hormone. Yeah. So that's why the obesity thing comes in. I hope that's clear, Joy.
0: Yes. Thank you. Mm,
2: welcome.
1: All right. Um, any last thoughts from anyone?
0: Okay. Thank you so much, Luis, uh, Branham, and Ida. This was a great session. Thank you for explaining all the hard med- medical terms. That we, may, that we don't easily or normally encounter in our day-to-day lives. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed the session. So again, if you joined late, this is a Mangaza Cancer Initiative and our focus is on breast and cervical cancer, education, screening, and provision of partial financial support to women from low-income and insured uh, backgrounds. So uh, again, we are always recruiting volunteers. So please feel free to join our organization if you're interested. I will post uh, my email here, but we have our organization's email. So if you have any questions, feel free to ask me and then I'll forward your information to our recruitment coordinator. This, This month, and in the next few months, we will be helping women from Kericho County who need to get screened, not really, who need to get biopsies or ultrasounds for on their breast tissues because of suspicious breast cancer. We are providing 50% financial support. So if you have any, or you know of anyone who is in need of such support please refer them to us. Mongaza team, anything that I forgot? Or any AOBs before we close?
1: Okay. Thank you again
0: for coming. Again, my email is in the chat. So, Branham, you wanted to say something?
2: yeah it's uh everything it's adequate so you can live
0: okay have a good evening everyone uh take a picture of the email address i just sent on the chat. if you have a question yeah thank you asante i'm going to stop recording now